Welcome back, everybody. This is Bob Gilligan of the Catholic Conference of Illinois, and thanks for joining our show here this morning on WNDZ, 750 AM. And just as a reminder, you could also watch us on YouTube, which is uh, YouTube, Y-O-U-T-U-B-E, in case you didn't know how to spell YouTube, dot com backslash Catholic Chicago. There you go. You can watch us, listen to us, you can even stop by. No, you're not going to stop by. Uh, so let's see. Our next uh, uh, guest with us is uh, Patrick Cachione. He is the executive director of the Illinois Catholic Healthcare Association. Uh, we want to talk a little bit about um, an issue that uh, Representative Boss touched on briefly, which is the uh, Illinois Healthcare Right of Conscience Act. And unfortunately, uh, it was amended slightly uh, during the um, recently concluded veto session. And with us to talk about it is Patrick Cachione. Patrick, you're with us. Somewhere. Hi, Bob. Good morning. Hey, good morning. How are you? I'm fine. It's good to talk with you. Um, great. So, uh, Patrick, tell us a little bit about ICHA, the Illinois Catholic Healthcare Association, and what it is that uh, your organization uh, strives to do. Uh, ICHA was started in the early 90s uh, by Cardinal Bernadine. Uh, he actually revived it. Um, it's It represents uh, the bishops, Catholic uh, hospitals, Catholic charities, Catholic long-term care, anything related to uh, Catholic health care in the broad sense. It's not just hospitals and illness, but uh, uh, community services, uh, and that's why Catholic charities are part of the association as well. So uh, it brings all the uh, stakeholders around the same table so that we can dialogue and advocate uh, at, together. They're telling me that the, you have to touch a button for the camera. Is that right? I don't know. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, it, I'm not sure if there's a, there's a button or something like that. Um, so ICHA right. created, uh, gosh, it's probably been 20 years ago to bring together the bishops, healthcare, social services, et cetera, <coughs> as you were saying. Um, so now let's talk a little bit about the, the Healthcare Right of Conscience Act. Uh, what is it? How it was started? I mean, what, what, what is this thing called the Illinois Healthcare Right of Conscience Act? Well, the purpose of the Healthcare Right of Conscience Act was to protect uh, healthcare providers so that we didn't have to participate or provide um, uh, services that were objectionable, uh, primarily uh, anything related to abortion services. Um, uh, but exam uh, if I see if Illinois were to get uh, physician-assisted suicide, it would protect us from providing uh, assisted suicide. So it's it's a way to protect Catholic uh, providers, doctors, nurses, pharmacists from participating in uh, services that they find objectionable. That was the intent. Unfortunately, um, recently it's been uh, used uh, to um, to not get vaccinated and it's been invoked by um, uh, police officers, fire teachers, uh, and asking for their health care right of conscience not to participate in vaccination or testing. And that's where uh, it got a little bit um, yeah. sideways recently. Yeah. It's interesting because um, I just saw the paper the other day, and I think there was another lawsuit filed by 14, oh, shoot, it was teachers, or I think it was teachers about... Uh, uh, using the Conscience Act as a justification for not being vaccinated because uh, their employer was uh, asserting some sort of mandate. So this has been going on for a while now. 
And, you know, here comes uh, now the state, and they want to amend the Conscience Act uh, such that ultimately where they wound up going is to just kind of carve out anything related to COVID uh, from, from the Conscience Act. What, what, what like, so, so people understand, like, what's the problem with that? Because you get a lot of people saying, well, you know, hey, uh, those teachers— should be vaccinated and they shouldn't be using the Conscience Act as a justification for not being vaccinated, testing, tested or masked or anything. And so what, why, what, what's the problem with what the state was trying to do? Well, the, and this is where our hospitals got into uh, uh, a, a conundrum here as well. Um, under the Healthcare Right of Conscience Act, if someone invokes that as their conscience objection to anything, the employer has no recourse mm-hmm. to transfer the uh, uh, employee, um, reassign them, fire them. You can't do anything to that employee. And therefore, once they invoke the Healthcare Right of Conscience Act, it, 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 it prevented the employer from doing anything to that uh, employee to uh, accommodate them. You just, you couldn't accommodate them. It was a a blanket objection and the employer has no recourse. Now at the federal level, there's the Free uh, Religious Freedom and Restoration Act. And within that act, which is federal, the government has to have a compelling interest and do it in the least restrictive way. Under the Healthcare Right of Conscience Act in Illinois, that does not exist. Uh, There's no compelling interest or least restrictive if someone invokes their right of conscience that's it you you can't challenge it you you um and as and as i said you can't uh reassign uh, let's say a nurse to a Mm non-physician uh or non-patient care uh you, you and that's that's really what the problem was if that makes sense. Yeah, it's really one of these issues that brings a lot of different um, uh, issues to bear. It, it, it brings a lot of different, um, it, it, what's the word I'm looking for, um, stakeholders and their interests, at, 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 and it kind of comes together. You have the state's interest in trying to make sure that there's uh, they can keep people safe. You have an individual's right to determine what goes in their body or not. You have an individual's First Amendment rights to determine um, to what degree that they can invoke something in the First Amendment, which says they have a right of free expression and religious liberty. And how does that clash with the state's interest in keeping people safe and employers' responsibility to provide a safe working environment? So you have a lot of things going on here. And and it was interesting in the debate to see how people played those different things, because I think ultimately what happened is that you had, to use a boxing analogy, you had in one corner, you know, if you will, the blue corner, saying that, um, well, the state can determine anything, and you have no basic right, you have no conscience rights when it comes to this, sorry, you're, you're, out, of, you're out of luck. And then you had... On the other extreme, you had people saying that, well, we just don't believe that you can do anything to me because I have a conscience right and leave me alone and I'm myself autonomous individual. And so I'm not going to do anything because I'm just invoking conscience right because I don't think I want to do anything. And and then I think what, what happened was you had people in the middle trying to come up with arguments to say, look, you can do you can you can satisfy both of these things, but 
nobody wanted to listen to that. Everybody wanted to just kind of do their own thing. I know ICHA was kind of trying to reach out as the Catholic Conference was to say, look, you know, there's a court process. You can go through it. Uh, that that takes a little bit more time, but but it, it will be adjudicated appropriately if, if we can wait for that to happen. Um, and you could make ways to expedite that. And then you could also, you know, I think we were trying to throw fig leaves out there and say, well, you know, there's no conscience right against the vaccine, but, you know, maybe there is one. Maybe there is a conscience right when it comes to vaccination, but not necessarily for masking and testing. And if somebody's masked and tested, isn't that good enough? And and But n- the nuances of this were just kind of lost real fast, and it was unfortunate. Uh, you're absolutely right, Bob. And um, uh, uh, as you said, it's very complicated, and and we're not going to uh, escape uh, a, a judicial review. Right. Uh, this is <laughs> going to go to the courts at the federal level. It's going to go to the courts at the state level. Um, so it, it it's going to be adjudicated somehow because it is complicated. And for hospitals, it was ex- extremely complicated because we had doctors, nurses that were saying we're not going to get vaccinated and we're not going to get tested. And yet we couldn't, in our good conscience, put them into a patient's room where they're compromised. So the individual had a conscience, but so did the hospital has a conscience not to uh, jeopardize their their patients by putting an unvaccinated caregiver into that room. Uh, But again, under the Healthcare Right of Conscience Act, once they invoke that, we had no recourse to to remedy that. Um, now, as you said, we did argue that uh, testing was not invasive. Uh, it wasn't like a colonoscopy. It, it was a, a simple uh, nasal test, um, and they, they re- uh, refused to get that. So we made that argument. We made the argument that, you know, we do drug testing uh, mm-hmm. for employees. We, we uh, require... Uh, surgeons to wear masks during surgery. I mean, we do these things to protect uh, patients. And uh, but the Healthcare Right of Conscience Act did not allow for that. So it, that left us with a dilemma. We, we want to protect our patients, but we don't want to change the Healthcare Right of Conscience Act and amend it. Right. Uh, and set up a precedent where in the future it can be amended again. And um, uh, uh, and prevent us from or, or require us to participate in things that we find objectionable. So uh, we didn't think this was the answer to reforming the Healthcare Right of Conscience Act wasn't the answer to solving this problem. Uh, as you said, we felt much more comfortable if we just uh, took it through uh, the legal process, the courts, which it's going to go through anyway. Yeah. It, 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 that was the pro- point the bishops are trying to make is that they did not want to amend the Healthcare Right of Conscience Act. It was a bad precedent. You can amend it during times of COVID. Well, what's the next reason? Uh, what's the next uh, vaccine that could come up with against a variant that may be morally objectionable? Because now people have no protection if the next vaccine is made for morally objectionable uh, sources. So it, it's it, that was, I think, where we were coming from. We were trying to also get the state where it had to go uh, in terms of, as you said, making sure that people are in safe environments, yet not abrogate and nullify the, the, the Conscience Act. So here we are, uh, November. Uh, there's really 
no conscience rights under this bill that passed uh, as it relates to, to COVID. Um, they have carved it out for that reason. What happens now? I mean, I, well, the, the way the bill works is that what um, it's not effective till June. And then um, there's rumors of the legislature coming back in January and and make it an immediate effective date. Whether they do that or not, we don't know. So, but are you concerned at all about the health care right of conscience act going forward? Or should we be comforted in knowing that this is just kind of one time never happen again? No, I, I am concerned moving forward. And uh, the reason is if you listen to the, the debate, uh, there was a lot of language from the legislators saying that the Health Care Right of Conscience Act is too broad. Uh, we like the fact that it's broad because it covers us completely. But making the argument that it's too broad uh, and changing it, for, as you said, for COVID in this instance, um, what worries us is if they use this concept of it's too broad and then they want to tighten it or restrict it in some fashion, uh, that's what worries us. Um, uh, we like the fact that it's broad and we have that broad protection. We do think it was misused uh, from mm -hmm. its original intent, but at the same time, uh, once you amend it for this crisis, what, what's the next uh, crisis that, 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 that um, I mean, yeah. we have adversaries with Planned Parenthood and ACLU who may determine that, you know, there's a need to amend it because it's too broad for other reasons. And yeah. you know, we, we've set a pre precedent and we think it's very dangerous. Representative Boss Talk touched on this and I'll just mention it briefly. I don't know if you want to say anything, but I've been down there since 1998. I have never seen a bill to receive more opposition than this one. I, I These numbers are thrown all over the place, but I think they were 50 something thousand, 55,000. Uh, witness slips filed in opposition to repealing the Conscience Act. That th that that touches on more than just the Conscience Act. That has to do with the whole anti-masking, anti-vaccine, whatever, whatever. But fifty-five thousand people to sign on in a bill that was introduced, what <laughs> you know, in a matter of days, is that there's something there uh, that I think they've touched on a nerve, and we'll see where that takes us. I don't know. Well, and you know, Bob, uh, this was a veto session, and they needed right. a supermajority, which they could not get. That's why they put the effective date to June 1, because then that puts it into the next legislative year, mm -hmm. which then they needed a, a simple majority. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of opposition to this. Yeah. Um, and that's why it's it's going to go to the courts, and we'll, we'll see what, what the courts uh, decide. Yeah, very good. Patrick, thanks for taking some time this morning to join us. Now we have your lovely picture up on the screen, so that that, that will suffice. Uh, thanks for taking some time this morning. Uh, that's Patrick Cashion from the Yale Illinois Catholic Healthcare Association. This is Bob Gilligan. Don't go away. We're right back. Uh, David Spicer is going to join us. He's going to talk about a problem we've been having recently with religious workers and uh, their visas or lack thereof. Uh, don't go away. We'll be right back.